Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway, brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi and, of course, Harvest Ridge Coffee, which we drink here at the morning show every morning. And we encourage you to get some Harvest Ridge Coffee. Either get the beans or fresh ground at your local grocery store, or you can get it at your local convenience store. You can just call Refreshment Services Pepsi and say, hey, my office wants Harvest Ridge Coffee, just like Star Radio, and they will make sure it happens for you. Today's the day the fireman visit. Ryan Camphouse is here. Oh, you've already got a call, right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the firemen come, I never know exactly how long this segment is going to be. Welcome, Lieutenant Ryan Camphouse. And we also have uh, Mr. Wewells here. Uh, in your unofficial capacity as a member of the Firefighters Union, right? Yes. So he's not in uniform. Ryan's in uniform. So you can boss him around today, I guess. <laughs> Is that the way that works? Just for today. Just for today. <laughs> of course, we've been talking all morning about checking your fire alarms, your smoke alarms, on Spring Forward uh, Sunday. This is a good idea to get people in the habit of checking these things out. I'm sure you want to talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah, well, we can talk about that a little bit briefly. Um, you know, we'll we'll spring forward come Sunday. Um, so that is a good time that we always, you know, when we do public education with our students, that's always an easy reminder to everybody that when we make that time change, it's a good time to uh, be checking those smoke and CO detectors and, you know, change those batteries if they require uh, a battery change, you know. Uh, some of them are sealed batteries now for 10 years. So if it's one of those, you won't have to change the battery, but we still need to check it and Make sure it's well maintained. Yeah, just push the button and see if it goes off. If you know, like I check mine a couple of times a month when I cook dinner, you know, it goes off and I know that it's still <laughs> working. But uh, some people are, don't have that automatic checker that I have on the one near my kitchen. But you're right; they're getting to these new ten-year kind that you don't have to worry about changing the batteries. But still, it's critically important that you check it, make sure it's not malfunctioning. So that's always going to be an important part of, of firefighting is having those uh, instruments in the home. Actually, just uh, Thursday, yesterday, Golden Bridges, a local agency here in town, announced that they would install uh, fire alarms free for anyone who wanted them put in their home, even a rental property. Uh, if, you know, if your landlord's not meeting your needs, if they're supposed to, but we all know that there's a small percentage of people that are recalcitrant about <laughs> obeying the law. So if you, need a, if you need a smoke detector, please call Golden Bridges and they'll put one up for you. What are some other things, Lieutenant Ryan Camphouse, we should be worried about this time of year when it comes to fire safety? Um, so, you know, this time of year we're going to start seeing that warm up. So we, we already starting to prep for that. Um, but so when we're starting to look at warming up, you know, we're kind of coming out of that winter. So we need to start looking at, you know, if we're going to be using gas grills, that kind of stuff, having all that proper maintenance done. Um, so... That's the kind of things that we're going to start looking at this time of year. You know, pretty soon we're going to be into boating safety. And um, so as this warmer weather starts to finally come around, um, that's the stuff that we're going to start focusing on and and uh, wanting to look at. So kind of pre-planning ahead and um, seeing what activities we start doing when it gets warm out and then making sure that stuff's maintained um, and reviewing the safety procedures for those items. So many people still use charcoal to barbecue. Some people use wood pellets. Some people have a, I guess, a propane tank is what a gas grill runs on. Uh, I know a lot of people, they don't realize how close they have it maybe to their home or it's out on a deck close to something plastic that can melt. They really, those barbecue grills can really get hot 
And if you don't have them placed appropriately, they can't catch your house on fire. Yes, yes, they can. So it <laughs> happens really quick. And so uh, a general rule of thumb would be walk around your uh, grill when it's at its fullest capacity. And if you, you know, see how far away you have to be to feel that heat, that's how far away it has to be away from your home because so many people siding, you know, can start to melt or, or do whatever. When it comes to um, the gas tanks, those propane tanks, are those dangerous to have around your house? I mean, what are the dangers inherent in that? Uh, yeah, we always suggest, you know, you don't want to store those inside your house because if they do have a leak, um, that that could be a source uh, for a fire or an explosion. So always store those outside your home um, away from any sources of heat or, or sparks. Something just in case well they ventilated. Yes, yeah, something well, well ventilated that, you, you know, you're not going to have to worry about if, if that tank doesn't seal quite all the way or there's a small leak, it's going to vent out into open air, not into your house. Okay. Uh, do you ever hear about tanks exploding or anything like that? Um, usually, Is that pretty rare? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's fairly rare. A lot of that comes to, um, it, once they're on fire, that's when we usually see that more often. Um, so, But just to be sitting there, that's it's not real common. Pretty a safe thing. Yeah. When folks... Um, uh, uh, what do you think about the use of lighter fluid to get get a good fire roared in that charcoal uh, in that charcoal pit? Um, you, you know, now there's a lot of new ways. They have like charcoal starters where you just use some paper, um, and it's designed to get that charcoal started. That's that's a better way than using lighter fluid. Um, but you know, if you do use lighter fluid, make sure you're safe uh, with it and that you're not getting it on you. You're just using the very minimum amount um, and just using caution. And you know, it never hurts to have um, a fire extinguisher close by when you're cooking, um, just, you know, for extra precaution. Yeah, fire extinguisher, a bucket of sand. The trouble with water mm -hmm. is you don't really want to throw water necessarily because if you're cooking meat, that's a grease fire kind of, right? Yes. So that, didn't we recently have a fire where somebody tried to put it out by putting water in a skillet? I, I think you don't have to name any names. But, <laughs> I mean, that's common. I could see where somebody would say fire, water, you know, you're mm -hmm. not thinking. Whereas you really need to smother a kitchen grease fire because putting water on it just spreads it, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so and it can it can make it uh, flame up and make it a lot worse. So. And that's what happens a lot of times with these uh, people catching their clothing on fire with these charcoal uh, barbecues. Mm -hmm. They don't mean to get that close, but they're spraying the lighter fluid or whatever, mm -hmm. and then it comes back. Also, if you don't cap that fluid and keep it far away from that heat source, the fumes from that, I guess, could ignite. Yes. So, yes. use caution. Do you ever, like you guys are, all, when you're off duty, you're not wearing your uniforms. You ever pull up at a gas station and like some guy's got practically three cigarettes <laughs> in his mouth, chain smoking, you know, <laughs> pumping his gas. Is, is this a problem? Do people not understand that gas is flammable and you shouldn't smoke? Because, I mean, I've seen people actually put out a cig, like they get out of the car and they're smoking, and it says don't smoke. So they throw their cigarette butt on the ground right there where the pump is. It's like, uh, what's the story with that? Yeah, as firefighters, we're definitely a little bit more in tune to notice things that maybe the average person doesn't notice um, as part of their just normal routine. Um, and that's why we're here today talking about that safety, you know, being conscious of what you're doing, what's around you. Um, you know, we're going to have a really good opportunity coming up here uh, in April. We're actually going to start our Citizens Fire Academy. Yeah. So this is going to be a great opportunity for people to come out and, you know, we're going to start talking some of that public education with them uh, during that five-week course. 
Um, but then, you, you know, not only are they going to get to uh, get some of that public education, but they're going to get to get some hands-on um, doing some of the stuff firefighters do. So maybe that helps jog their memory into, hey, I'm starting to see things more like a firefighter would see them and not just, you know, somebody that's just part of their normal routine. Um, and that's the kind of the goal of that Citizens Fire Academy is to not only open up people's eyes to what our jobs are and what we do, but hopefully open up their eyes of the importance of the public education side of it, of being aware of your surroundings, being aware of um, those safety issues that we often overlook just in our busy daily lives. Yeah, uh, like candles, you know, for romance. <laughs> they can get a, you can get now an electric candle, and it gives the same amount of romance, right? I mean, just little things like anytime you have an open flame, what do you guys think about this controversy about the natural gas stove? Like, I have a natural gas stove. If I die of cancer, that's okay, because I want that natural gas. I don't want electric. I mean, electric. I don't want electric. I mean, I guess it just goes to show that everything that burns gives off a noxious fume. Mm-hmm. And in some respects, a toxic fume. I mean, we'd have to ingest a lot of that. I don't think cooking a steak over my, uh, uh, you know, gas stove is going to kill me, but everything that burns has a byproduct, and that's one of the things that people don't realize, especially when they're standing out maybe burning leaves or burning trash or starting a charcoal fire. When you get a big lung full of that, that's not good for you, is it? No, and you know, anytime that you there's smoke or, or you're burning a, a fossil fuel or anything like that, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put off something you know, some kind of smoke that's not good for you to be breathing. Uh, so it's always good to be aware of that and, you know, standing uphill and upwind. And, and you know, when you're cooking, it's always good just to be in a well-ventilated area. Um, you know, if you have a fan above your stove, making sure the fan's on, helping pull all that out of your house. Okay. Before we uh, end with you, uh, Lieutenant Campos, let's talk, how can we register for this uh, Citizens Fire Academy? Uh, you can go on to the City of Quincy website. You can go to the Quincy Fire Department page, and under Programs and Services, there will be a link to the Citizens uh, Fire Academy, and you can sign up and fill out the form there, and it send, automatically sends us an email that you, you know you want to participate, and we'll reach out to you um, with all the information you need to know. Um, it will be five weeks long, starting April 11th, going to, uh, it will be, Every I believe every Wednesday uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. through May 9th. Okay. So a little springtime activity to get you to know more about what the firefighters do. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to switch, switch gears, and we're going to talk about how the firefighters raise money for charitable causes. And so we're going to talk about Black Light Bingo. Stay tuned. It's coming up next right here on The Mary Griffith Show. Hi, I'm Tom Connors. Went to Mark Patrick's hypnosis seminar February 6, 2019. Nothing worked before. Left there and never smoked again. Amazing. Easy, affordable, and guaranteed. A year later, with my wife Michelle, attended Mark Patrick's weight loss seminar. She lost 18 pounds and I lost 43 in eight weeks. It's true. We smoked two packs a day and nothing worked until Mark Patrick hypnosis. Now we're losing weight together, eating healthy, pull out half the food, crazy. Enjoying exercising. Who would have believed Mark Patrick hypnosis really works? It's amazing. I can breathe again. Again, my blood pressure went down, and I've got so much energy. So much energy. And look great. 
Stop smoking, lose weight now without cravings, irritability, or your money back. Only $49.99 guaranteed. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and lose the weight, stop smoking, feel great for only $49.99 guaranteed. Wednesday, March 15th at the Town & Country Inn & Suites in Quincy. Weight Loss Seminar, 5.30 p.m., Registration, 5 p.m. Stop Smoking Seminar, 8 p.m., Registration, 7.30 p.m. Sign up at MarkPatrickSeminars.com. That's right, MarkPatrickSeminars.com. At Domino's, we're so obsessed with pizza, we'll try to turn pretty much anything into pizza. Sizzling pizza fajitas? Pizza milkshake. Probably not the best pizza idea, but a great idea? Domino's new loaded tots. We bake our tots hot and crispy and load them up with melty cheese and delicious toppings, just like our pizza. From savory Philly cheesesteak to craveable cheddar bacon and mouthwatering melty three cheese, Domino's new loaded tots are just like Domino's pizza, only on tots. Can someone turn a fan on in here? Try Domino's new loaded tots next time you order. Thursday morning, March 16th, starting at 7.30. Log on to WCAD.com and click the Half Price Deals link to purchase a Domino's $50 gift certificate for only $25. That's right, a $50 gift certificate from Domino's in Quincy, Hannibal, and Macomb for half price. It's the WCAD Half Price Deal of the Week. A $50 gift certificate from Domino's for $25. Just log on to WCAD.com Thursday morning, March 16th, starting at 7.30 for the Half Price Deal of the Week. We are back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. <laughs> Firefighter Stephen Wewell is here now, and he is off-duty because he's talking and representing the Quincy Firefighters Union. Uh, in addition to being professional firefighters, they are represented by a union, and they like to get together and raise money for good causes. And they're going to have a black light bingo, and all the proceeds benefit St. Louis Children's Hospital, and certainly a lot of kids in this area do use St. Louis yes. Children's Hospital, so this is near and dear. So let's talk a little bit about this. It is Saturday, March 18th, and as you were saying during the commercial break, uh, Firefighter Wewell, this is not your Thursday night typical no, bingo game. No, this it is, is not. It is this a, is pumped up. It is more of a party. It's laid back. It's a good time. We have DJs come in. They turn all the lights off. you got black lights on. Um, they're playing music. They try to get people to come up and dance for their prize money. Um, they don't give away as much money as the Thursday night bingo. It's uh, $1,200 in total payouts, but we also have raffle prizes. We have 50-50, a candy bar raffle. So we have a lot of other activities going on. We also have a game played uh, last man standing. So it's like bingo, but you don't want your number called with this one. So it's kind of the backwards, you know, where... You know, you want to be the last person, you know, standing, and then you think it's fifty dollars is the prize payout for that. So uh, something even I could win. In other words, yes, if yeah. you're extremely unlucky at bingo, there's <laughs> a game you can finally win. Well, you mentioned the payouts, but people are going to support St. Louis Children's Hospital yes. and to have the fun of the event. So it's kind of like going to a movie or a party. You know, there's an admission charge to get in. All this stuff is going to be happening that will entertain you while it's going on. Yes. And you might win some bucks, but it's not like the big Thursday night payouts. But you're basically going to help St. Louis Children's Hospital. So yes. Do we have to buy our tickets in advance? Are you anticipating this is going to be uh, – it's, it's got the Elks Lodge. Yep. It starts at 7. Uh, doors open at 5. There's a chance for advance tickets. Are you anticipating a sellout? Well, I've only got about 25 or 30 tickets left right now. i got to check my phone when I get home to see where we're at. Um, but, yeah, we're down to only about 25 or 30 tickets left. Um, that's not saying you can't show up at night, and we might be able to squeeze you in. But, you know, once we're sold out, we'll post it that all the tickets are sold. And it's kind of a maybe hopefully somebody doesn't show up. If you show up that night at the door, maybe somebody doesn't show up, and then you can get in. But, um 
we're hoping to get sold out because this goes to a good cause. This means a lot to me because my uh, one son had to be utilized Children's Hospital, and several guys at the fire department have utilized Children's Hospital also. Um, so this one means a lot more to me, not that the MDA one doesn't mean one, because we do one in December also for MDA and stuff, but this one here, I start this one just because of that too to to help them out because they do amazing things at Children's Hospital, the stuff they do for kids to keep them comfortable, the families and stuff. It, it's amazing. So, Well, it's interesting because, like you said, so many people get care down there, and it's kind of like you don't really hear about it much because, you know, a lot of people don't talk, especially about an illness in the family. Mm-hmm. But it is nice to know that St. Louis Children's Hospital is there and that they take people from all over. Yes. And that, um, you know, like you said, you personally can acknowledge how helpful it was um, to your family. And so how much money are you hoping to raise on this thing? Well, last year we got $7,100, a little over $7,100 we donated. I'd love to get a lot more than that. So uh, we've got some uh, sponsors that have donated some money, like Quincy Recycle, Havings, um, Lance Taxi Service, uh, Hanson Spear Funeral Home, uh, Titan Wheel have all donated money. We've had other places donate prizes for raffles. Cardinals, we got four Cardinal tickets and with uh, field box tickets with UMB Champions Club uh, passes. Uh, round of golf for two at the Country Club. We've got um, overnight stays at Drury Inn, East uh, Paradise, uh, yeah, Paradise Casino in East Moline or East Peoria. Excuse me. Um, see what else we got? Uh, we got a nice YKO cooler from Game Masters. We're raffling off. We got a blower from Havings also. We've got a, a good variety of cl- uh, prizes. Uh, Liquor booth and uh, Wine on Broadway is donating, helping us out with a couple baskets, too. So there's going to be a lot of great raffle prizes to, to win, too. Um, okay, well, I'm sold. And uh, Saturday, March 18th, coming right up here. Doors open at 5. Bingo starts at 7. All proceeds to St. Louis Children's Hospital. Tickets are $30 in advance. Stephen, you want to give out that phone number of yours if people want to call her? Or have you got another number you yep. want to give out? I also want to give a shout-out to Geisy Jewel Box. They also donated a nice uh, necklace, a $600 necklace for... Don't a, worry. She'll get it back. Uh, she wins at your Thursday night bingo uh, game. I, want to call, I, want I to, mean, if Geisy Jewel Box doesn't donate to the firefighters, that's a sin. <laughs> well, you know? she did donate a $600 <laughs> uh, necklace, so it's really nice. But uh, call 217-695-2567 for tickets. Um, if I don't answer, leave a message. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I got four kids I'm chasing around, so sometimes I I don't get back right away. But just leave a message, and and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So okay, folks, if you want to be part of it, it is an awful lot of fun. It's Black Light Bingo, Quincy Firefighters Union proceeds to benefit St. Louis Children's Hospital at the Elks Lodge, uh, Saturday, March 18th. The number to call for tickets two one seven six nine five twenty five sixty seven. Get up your table of eight and just have a really good time. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, Chaddock is celebrating its 170th birthday, and we'll talk about that. We're back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Debbie Reed from Chaddock is here. She is the chief executive officer. Am I getting that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. She's the poobah. She has been for a while, and boy, has Chaddock changed. 170 years Chaddock has been in business, not always under the Chaddock name. If you donate uh, a big building to a college, they name it after you. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. But you've had a lot of different um, incarnations uh, in the 170 years that you've been in Quincy. But through that all, 
you've been dealing with young people, sometimes college-age students, sometimes orphaned boys, uh, now uh, co-ed school and, uh, and behavioral uh, treatment center. So what do people not know about Chaddock? <laughs> There's a lot that people don't know about Chaddock. Um, we do have a long, rich history. We were actually founded in 1853. Uh, for those of you that history might not be your best subject, that was before the Civil War. Yeah. And actually, uh, for 18 months during the Civil War, they closed, we were at the time of college, closed us down and used our dormitories for a Union Army hospital and training grounds. And so... There are not. There are a couple organizations in in Quincy older than Chaddock, but not very many. And uh, it is pretty cool to look through some of the history books and and see some of the the pictures and the uh, printed materials uh, from 170 years ago. The really cool thing is if you look at the values and the focus on young people, that hasn't changed in 170 years. Let's talk about that change because I mean we, the words pivot, you know, have become very uh, integral <laughs> since COVID. But in a sense, Chaddock is the original pivoter, I guess, because 170 years ago you had uh, a different mission. You were still serving youth, but you had a different mission. And over the years, Chaddock has always been able to reinvent itself to treat and to help what the latest threat is to children. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about that. Children have always needed a safe place to stay. How do you think the threat to children is different today than it was 170 years ago. You know, that's one of those a lot changes and a lot stays the same. Um, young people, whether they're very young children or, or young adults, need that sense of connection. They need that sense of attachment and belonging and relationship, and that hasn't changed. And so when we look at, as we started as a college, really helping uh, young people find their way forward and, and done through connection, and, and that has continued um, when we changed our, our focus from, from a college to an orphanage um, in around 1900. Um, we shifted that focus to younger people because we saw that's where the greater need was. Um, there are lots, some of our kids were orphaned. Some of them, maybe one parent passed away, the other parent had to work full time and they couldn't care for the child. And so we were able to, to really meet the needs of, of lots of young people and families um, starting in, in about 1900. And the focus has shifted, but the commitment to kids and families has not. There's, you know, we all talk about dysfunctional families, and I guess if you really examined every family, there'd be some dysfunction in it. But it seems that, Chaddock, you've always been there for children who didn't have somewhere else to go or someone else to turn to. And now, instead of just taking orphans in uh, or just having a foster parenting program, which you do, you now also work very much with families because children are born or adopted um, especially adopted children can have attachment disorders. Mm -hmm. They can have some mental health issues. You know, you never think about young kids being mentally ill, but there are mental illnesses that can strike young kids. And for the average parent, that is just too much for them to process, and they certainly don't have any tools in their toolkit to deal with that. But in comes Chaddock riding to the rescue. And so you don't you know, no longer just, you know, 
take in local people that need help, but you really are almost becoming a worldwide organization. We we really are. We, we've served kids and families from throughout the U.S. We've actually trained professionals in the kind of work that we do from five different continents. Um, you know, some of our regular resources that we put out are tapped into by people from hundreds of different countries. And so we really do um, try to balance that local and focusing on providing the needs of our local community, but also uh, making sure that families that don't know where to turn, that are falling through the gaps. As you mentioned, you know, so many things our kids encounter there, there's no guidebook for parents to know how to respond. And so um, we really look at where are their parent and child needs, uh, specifically related to attachment and trauma, where there aren't resources available. And can we go in and provide some programs, some services, go into a family's homes um, so that they can gain the skills to keep the child in their home? And we have a residential program, but we work really hard to keep kids in their home because that's always best. Um, but when kids come live with us, we make sure their families are involved and uh, really help the family prepare for the child to come back home. Well, this is one of those big sea changes that's been happening at Chaddock. You not only have this campus in Quincy, where obviously you serve a finite amount of children, mm-hmm. but you've got a podcast now that is heard worldwide. Uh, you have experts that are training people worldwide. You have people on your staff who are considered experts. You yourself have written a book. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the reach has gone so far beyond Quincy, Illinois, and this surrounding environment. Talk a little bit, for example, just about the podcast and its reach, because parents can access that. Uh, people that are in your business can access that and say, I need some tips. Here's some real uh, thought-provoking ideas about how to deal with the situation, because not everybody's going to have their kid at Chaddock. You don't have room for every kid in the world that needs help. Absolutely. We we do have a weekly podcast. It's Attachment Theory in Action. It's totally free, so anyone can download it. Um, if you're going through your podcast, Karen Buckwalter is the host, so you can also find it under her name. But it is uh, really a chance to connect with some of the leading experts from throughout the world in various topics related to attachment uh, or trauma or adoption. And so if there's a particular challenge that a family is having, they can look at that uh, portfolio of podcasts. It's been going for several years now, so lots and lots of different topics that kids and families might struggle with. That's just a resource we put out there. Uh, Again, most people aren't going to be able to call up the leading expert on a particular topic. Um, we have the, the privilege of being able to, to have some of those connections. And so we can bring that to anyone that wants more information on it. And so, yes, the book is great providing, you know, basic uh, uh, raising the challenging child, and all kids are challenging, uh, is, is a great you know, basic lessons. But if you want to dive deeper into a particular aspect that your family might be struggling with, the podcast and, and reading through all those topics and titles is a great way to, to get a little more in-depth information. Yeah, to get some expert advice and not just what you think might be happening because there again, we can only do as parents what we know. And people are faced with problems all the time. And I think the other thing we have to remember is the news media, especially, we give great uh, attention to a mass disaster like East Palestine, Ohio. We all know those children are going to be affected for years. We know there's going to be an environmental impact. We know there's going to be a social and emotional impact. Parents are worried about their jobs, about the uh, price of their home. Those things have struck a great number of people simultaneously, and so we're focused on that. 
But right now, listening to the sound of your voice, Debbie Reed, someone is going through an equally traumatic event. Oh, a railroad car didn't blow over at the side of their house. But something just as traumatic is happening to them. And because it's only them... Mm-hmm. They may feel very isolated, but they don't need to feel isolated. Chaddock is there. Absolutely. And we work really hard to provide resources. You know, certainly folks can, can get one-on-one contact with us, but uh, for for others, maybe just, you know, checking out whether it's some of the articles we've written or some of the, the publications, the podcasts, is a great way to get just a little more information uh, and you know, each individual situation is unique, and what might be really cause one child to struggle might not necessarily cause another child to struggle. And so, you know, when you've seen one child, you've seen one child. And we uh, really have some tools that can be helpful for people if a particular child is struggling. And looking at those family dynamics. Because, you know, a family is a, is like a mobile. You move one part of it, the other parts move too. And so sometimes just helping families recognize um, what some of the factors might be at play, um, some little suggestions, some little adjustments can make a huge difference. Don't you often find uh, that part of the problem if a child is having difficulty is it may have been the parent had difficulties like that when they were a kid, and they're almost projecting. You know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, my, my, my daughter loves to play the piano. Really? Because you love to play the piano. My kid's afraid of dogs. Really? So are you. Um, you know, so, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree sometimes, but parents have a hard time recognizing that. And again, just the little, you know, you, you don't have to go into a behavioral residential program at Chaddock to get help from Chaddock. And like you said, What's your book, Raising the Difficult Child? Raising and the, the Challenging Child. And they're all challenging. They're, they're um, kids they're all and family members yeah. and coworkers. And, you know, it applies really across it the really board. It really applies. It's down to personal relationships. Let me ask you this because, you know, again, in 170 years, one of the things Chaddock didn't have to worry about when they were founded was too much screen time, too much social media interaction, uh, the loss of intimacy with people that are humans in your physical sphere as opposed to clinging to someone who's in your social sphere who you never get touched by never you never hear the sound of their voice you know they're just a disembodiment is there a are you seeing some problems erupting because of too much social media attachment and not enough human attachment absolutely you know one of the mantras we use across all of our programs is relationships are primary and a social media friend is not a relationship. Um, and social media can be very isolating. Now, there are great things about social media, but it can also be very isolating for a child. People post very idealized, um, sanitized, you know, the best shot, the best opportunity. No one puts their worst moments on social media. And so we really uh, focus on the importance of a relationship with another individual. That is how we learn. That is how we grow. That's how we function most effectively. And so really trying to put down the phone, talk to your child, look at your child, ask about their day. Um, You know, you might get a grunt the first time, but keep at it because it's those connections that really Create the wiring in your child's brain so they can have healthy relationships going forward. That's what it's all about is the wiring. And it starts in utero, literally, and continues on. And sometimes I wonder why anybody has kids because 
I look at some of the struggles my friends have, just normal people with normal kids, no, no, no physical problems, no emotional problems, no developmental delays, and boy, it's struggle being a parent. And I'm sure it feels overwhelming at times. And so while it's great to have social media like Chaddock's podcast where I can go and get advice, sometimes you do need a support network. And it doesn't have to be anything that, that formal. Mm-hmm. I think I remember in our neighborhood, like all the moms got together. And one day a week, one mom took the kids for like an hour, hour and a half. Everybody played at their house while the other moms either took a nap, got shopping done, whatever. We used to have these groups. Mm-hmm. Now we've got social media, but they're not there immediately to help me right now. My well, social friend in San Francisco can't come watch my baby because it's screaming, and I just need 10 minutes away from that. And all of that was complicated by the pandemic where, you know, social media was, was isolating people, and then uh, through the pandemic that happened even more. And so it's really, really important to find ways to connect with people and um, really build those relationships, foster those relationships, because that's how we learn and grow and, and you know, enjoy our lives. The Governor's Post from the Historical Society has a wonderful series of articles about Chaddock. You'll have to go back to previous editions because we're on part three right now. But uh, learn about Chaddock, read about Chaddock, buy some of the books that their uh, experts have written, uh, donate to their causes. Is there any big celebration planned this year? Is anything going to happen? Well, we have a series of, of events and activities going on. We have a business before hours. Uh, on the 23rd of March, you got to get up early. It's 7 to 8.30 in the morning. Uh, but we'll feed you breakfast, show you around campus. One of the things that we find is there are, anytime we have an event, people who've lived in Quincy their whole life, they've driven past our 30-acre campus but never been on the campus. And so throughout the year, we're going to have a series of opportunities for people to come on our campus. Um, we want to be a resource to the community. Yes, we are, our reach spans worldwide, but we want to be seen as a resource to the Quincy community to provide support where it's needed. And uh, you're so right. It's, you're on such a busy street, but you're set back. You've got this pastoral setting. It was a farm that was mm-hmm. donated years ago. And you're right. I was just lucky enough to be on the campus. All the new buildings, all the exciting technology. The children are thriving there. The students are, that are there, the people that are there, the teachers that are there. It, it, yeah, it, we're not touched, but we are touched by it. But they're, they don't want to be isolated, though. Your kids do go out and do service projects and stuff. So keep your eye on Chaddock. 170 years, a lot's going to be happening this year uh, that will be noteworthy. And we'll be telling you all about it, I'm sure, right here on WTAD. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for being part of the Mary Griffith Show all this week. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again on Monday.